Well, before we start this episode, I wanted to let you know about something super exciting. We have just opened up applications for new members to join us inside the next Level Club. The Next Level Club is our personalized group coaching for creative service providers who want to scale their business. We work with a really small number of clients who want to attract more of their dream clients, earn more each month, and finally experience freedom in their business. If you are interested and if you want to actually fill out the application to see if you are a good fit, head on over to lalasocialclub.co forward slash next level and you'll be able to see all of the details. Super excited to welcome some new members into the Next Level Club. Good luck. Welcome to My Business Playbook, where we pull back the curtain on the steps and missteps of successful people. You'll hear a raw and unfiltered play-by-play of what's worked and what hasn't, giving you helpful advice and insights so you can build your dream business. I'm your host, Laura Higgins, and this is My Business Playbook. Well, hey, 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 and welcome back to My Business Playbook. It is so good to be with you today. Happy Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever day it is, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, I hope that you are well and I hope that you are ready to feel inspired because today we are joined by the wonderful Steffi Kirby of Celia Loves. Now, Steffi is a former corporate dweller turned candle maker, believe it or not. She's a mum of three and she is a professional daydreamer. Celia Loves was a side hustle turned full-time hustle and If you haven't heard of Celia Loves before, Celia Loves is known for iconic packaging, scents that pack a punch, and their mission is to design candles to burn, not to collect dust. You're going to love this conversation. If you are someone who wants to turn your side hustle into a full-time thing, if you design your own products, if you manufacture your own products, or if you simply just want to scale your creative business, then you're going to get a lot out of this conversation with the wonderful, inimitable, is that how we say it? It, She can't be imitated. I think that's the word I'm looking for. Steffi Kirby of Celia Loves. Let's do it. Well, Steffi, it is so good to be with you. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Before we hit record, we realized that, oh my gosh, like we've been chatting for 15 minutes and we probably (laughs) need to start recording. So I'm excited for our conversation. I know that this is going to be very real, raw and honest, which is my favorite thing ever. How the heck are you today? I'm pretty sure 15 minutes ago, I just said to you, it's just wild. Um, (laughs) I have just done the school runs. I've just settled a baby and um, I'm great. I'm energized, inspired, but also, uh, yeah, I'm tired. (laughs) Yeah, I I feel like you are superwoman. When I met you, I met you at the huddle um, in Orange by the wonderful team at Jumbled. And you were like holding, how old was Daisy at that point? Daisy, I think, was she three months at that point? She must she have was been. Tiny. Was May. Yep. She was tiny. And you were just yep. kind of like, ah, I'm good, like <laughs> speaking and then feeding and then kind of bouncing around. And like, was anyone, was your mum there or were you just kind of? So my husband flew up with me <sighs> and he was uh, chaperoning Daisy between feeds and 
uh, bringing her to me so I could be fully immersed in uh, Jumbled. What a beautiful experience as well. Yeah, amazing. Well, I really want to talk about your business because I think a lot of people would recognize your your brand and recognize your business. So tell us about Celia Loves. What what do you guys do and, and how did you start the business? So we are Celia Loves, a scented soy candle business. We make candles to burn, not collect dust. Uh, I saw in the market there's this incredibly pricey candles and I'm like, whoa, that is an investment. I want to enjoy my candles. So I set about learning ways to actually just make them for myself at home. Then I just was filling every vessel that we had and then that led to like a bit of a side hustle. And to be honest, it was just a hobby for many years. I was doing local uh, markets. I didn't really invest too much into it. Um, I remember being on the gram and getting like 154 likes um, as a pivotal moment (laughs) to my memory bank. And I was like, whoa, this is fun. Then they introduced stories. I was like, I'm just going to tell people what I'm doing. At this point, I was working uh, part-time, a lawyer by trade. Uh, I worked in for a global company uh in their property division and i just had so much fun there had so so much fun making candles on the side um and we just really started investing in packaging design and labeling design and i just kept doing what i loved and i just made sure i stuck to my core value of creating candles that were priced to burn and not collect dust it drives me nuts when people (laughs) um have candles sitting on their mental pieces and it's covered in dust i'm like no you need to burn that enjoy it life's short yeah you know just just enjoy what you're buying yeah and it's so funny just the other day i um had a baby shower for a friend and I pretty much any any of our um, clients who join the Next Level Club, they get one of your candles. They get this beautiful oh, little gift yeah. box and we send them one of your candles in amongst all the other things. And I was like, oh, like I need, um, I need a gift for my friend for her baby shower. And, you know, there was a whole registry of the things that you need. But I was like, I think getting a beautiful candle for like, that can kind of be like this snapshot of this period of time post baby and this scent that has this memory of this crazy time. And she sent me a message straight after and she's like, that candle is amazing. I like, I'm so, so excited. And it was one of these things where, and I feel like you talk about this, where the, the candles that you've created actually stick with people because they, they remember periods of time where they had that scent and they could, mm-hmm. and it filled their house or filled their office or whatever. Talk to us about, you know, that idea of the memories associated with with the scents and why that's so important to you. It's such a deeply connected memory restoration. And so for me personally, uh, Hazel is eight years old. That's my eldest daughter. I vividly remember, oh my God, I'm going to guess what I'm telling you. I vividly remember this lemongrass fragrance uh, candle burning in our lounge room, breastfeeding and bonding with my baby. And when I smell this particular candle and that particular fragrance, I'm literally transported back in time. And it's so significant. Um, 
growing up, mum used to wear um, Estee Lauder white linen and, you know, you smell these memories and you're like, oh, my God, I was a kid. And, you know, it's just it's so mm-hmm. beautifully evoking in that memory bank that we have and that connection with scent, um, you know, your favourite bakery. You know, scent is everywhere in our everyday life. Um, we have a hot guy scent, you know, that one. It reminds me of being like at high school and the boys <laughs> are like wearing Lynx Africa. And, you know, you had a bit of a crush on someone and, you know, just like just all of those things. You know, I remember the perfume I was wearing on my wedding day and memory and scent is so powerful and so beautiful and it's that that feeling of connection and um at the moment i've got an oak moss uh, and lime on my um desk as we're we're chatting and it's just that beautiful full sensory immersion it's just calming yeah uh, it's really grounding for me and it's because it's energizing and it just brings you back to these uh fundamental core memories and moments of peace and I feel very lucky that we get to create that with our uh, consumer base yeah and it's incredible and I think the other thing that you've done really well is I love your kind of tagline of candles like made to burn uh not to collect dust But the other thing you've done really well is your packaging. And I think for a lot Mm. of people listening, packaging can feel like either an afterthought or something that they should, they can only invest in once they've made, you know, more money or more sales. Can you talk to us about uh, how you have, like how you actually manage that while you were doing markets and things, how has your packaging evolved and how has it uh, become core to the brand now? So let go back in time. It, we started with actually labels, and I think I said it at the jumbled event. Uh, one of my friends was like, "If you're going to do a shitty home business, at least make it look yes good." <laughs> I was like, "I'll bleep myself out this time." And I was like, "Whoa, she's so like so right." So I invested in that label design for what I really loved um, and what I wanted to see sit in my home. And then I I just was like bored. I was trying to gift things for friends and I was like, oh, God, like everything's beige, everything's black, and I love these colours. But there was no excitement and there was no human connection and just like motivation to pick that up and and have that sensory fun of being like, oh, my God, visually it looks amazing and, oh, my God, it's a candle that smells wicked as well. Like that's incredible. It was Mm -hmm. kind of like, oh, everything's sort of pastel, everything's sort of the same. So I really kind of uh, had like froze when I was like shopping for gifts and that really motivated me to invest in packaging and packaging design. I was like, you know, I remember saying to a few friends, oh, I've, I've put a, a toucan on our Japanese honeysuckle. And they're like, that doesn't make sense. I'm like, does it need to? Like, it's fun. Yes. And it's, you know, yeah. or there's like, we have a flamingo on our strawberry champagne. And I'm like, oh my God, it's so fun. And they're like, but it doesn't make sense. I'm like, oh my God, like we're so put ourselves in boxes of, you know, these kind of requirements. I'm like, but it's fun like yeah when I see it in shelves like on shelves in stores I'm like oh my god like we stand out because we have put personality into our packaging yeah and I think for a lot of brands they miss the fun they want to be cool edgy miss the fun yeah and so we go fun first we actually um design first now as a brand yeah and then we do our scent brief second so we always go what do we want people to feel we want them to feel inspired uh we want them to just sight 
that visual piece first yeah um and how are they going to react and then we go into the scent brief and go all right we want people to feel calm or we want people to feel cozy so then that really starts motivating the scent brief but uh based on the packaging design so wow. it's been an evolution yeah it really has um and we have done it really well and i can see a lot of our top competitors now moving to that space but they're still missing that personality uh it's all original packaging design from our brand so um we put a lot of love into it and yeah. i think that just oozes out of it totally and what would you say to someone steffi who is you know starting their own product business or is starting even their own service-based business and they're like ah i don't i'm nervous about investing in branding and investing in packaging do you think it's like a chicken and egg thing where you need to have the branding first before you can grow or how did you kind of negotiate that investment and evolution over time well we definitely were a hobby to begin with and then we moved into a business quite quickly and we have actually just gone through a rebrand i we had a bit of a glow up Love um, it. because we just wanted to reflect where we where we want to grow into in the next 10 years so when it comes to branding i'm like don't do now do yourself in 10 years time and if you're like oh i don't know what our product base will be look like that's totally fine but it's that you really do have to invest in your brand dna because that is literally everything and that's what influences your product creation how you interact with your consumers how you choose to show up if something goes wrong how um other people see you and how you communicate your brand as well and I feel like so many, and I'm guilty of this as well, that we leave that brand DNA to like the pivotal, like, oh, right, we have to do it now. Whereas if I could go back in time, the one thing I would do would be brave and invest in that uh, brand identity piece at the very beginning. Yeah. Oh, that's such good advice. That's such good advice. So you've really grown your business super quickly. You went from a hobby into like, oh my gosh, this is a business. At what point did you kind of switch from like you're at that point you were a mum of two, you were still mm -hmm. a lawyer part time, right? Correct. Yeah. How Working long part time? Yeah. How <laughs> long did that kind of transition from oh, I don't think I can I think I'm gonna quit my job? Talk to us about that transition. Well, it was really interesting. Um, I probably because it was uh, a hobby. I was never in a business mindset and we, when we invested in our, our packaging, our branding, and we created the Tropicana range, we caught the attention of Maya and we did a stint in there and I learned a lot very quickly. And then uh, I, I took that on board, but I didn't really probably, I was kind of like, oh, that's cool. And then I just kept moving on with life. Um, and then I was working part-time. I hired someone. I started going, oh, I wonder how I could get more wholesalers, went to trade fairs. And then I was doing it part-time and I don't really think in my mind I had a moment of clarity where I was like in the very beginning where I, I was, oh, I'm going to make this a full-time job. I thought, oh, this is something fun. Oh, hey, I can actually now afford to have some casual team yes. <laughs> working from my garage while I'm on my lunch break texting them instructions. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> I just was like, oh, this is really cool that something that I love is actually bringing income in for somebody else. And I was really just proud of that in its very like self. And then I, we caught the attention of Beacon Lighting and I was like, whoa, am I doing something like ethically cool here that I just don't really realize myself or recognize? And I said to my manager, once I make my pro-rated salary, 
for three consecutive months. I'm going to resign and everybody laughed at me and I was like, okay, um, well, I've got nothing to lose by trying, right? Yeah. So I just worked so hard building our wholesale base, uh, connecting with the team. Uh, and I rem- I just remember typing my letter of resignation and being like, I can't believe this is real. And I was like, if I don't give it a go, I can't recreate this opportunity. So I've got to strike while the iron's hot. I can fall back on my education, but I can't fall back on this opportunity. So that was the transitional piece. Um, signing a lease for a warehouse going, don't know how I'm going to feel it. Literally, I cried going, oh my God, uh, we grew out of it within 10 months. Wow. <laughs> Let's file that under learning. Um, and yeah, so it was really kind of strategically building up funds in order to enable us to transition from hobby to business and invest it in the brand that way. Yeah. Wow. And so- Did I answer the question? I felt like no, I waffled it. No, it, it totally answered the question. And so in that journey, can you give people, what's what was the timeline? So you, you went from doing the markets, then you were like, you kind of started hiring people. How long into the piece until like you quit your job? Uh, so 2019, I asked my sister to help out. Uh, she was in between jobs. So she did like a small stint and then she had a job and pursued that. And then I realized that in order for me to pursue the business, I had to hire somebody to do the admin as well as help pack orders because that was the one thing I couldn't do working part-time during the day. Like I was working and then I'd come home and pour candles. So I, I think it was about May. 2019 and then by August I'd hired another casual and then by December I had resigned wow yeah so actually that's a cool reflection now that I'm like really stretching my mind back that's actually yeah I didn't realize yeah that was pretty much what happened so we became a company in 2019 um, and that was when I was really um at the end of 2019 I think it was uh yeah oh that's amazing. Yeah, it was actually now I'm getting, I was like, oh my God, it's actually really quick now that it felt like a very long time. Um, yeah. yeah, it was actually quite quick. Yeah. And so in growing that quickly, I want, I want to talk to you about how you've scaled, but in growing that quickly, what do you think have been some of the, I want to know the things that you've gotten right and some of the missteps that you've had along the way or learnings, we might call them. Um, okay. So some things we got right, uh, we don't quit and we, uh, just regroup. So really solutions focused. So if something does go wrong, I'm like, okay, how do we fix it? Don't worry that there's a problem. Don't worry that that happened. We don't have time to do literally it was 2020. So bushfires and COVID starting. And I was like, we don't have time to worry about what's gone wrong. We've only got time to fix it. Um, and serve our customers as best as we can mm. and we turned off e-com and focused on our wholesalers and redirected all of our inventory to them because there was heaps of shortage, shortage supplies um, and that I think we did really well. We just went, don't, 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 sweat, don't sweat the problems, just fix it. Yeah. And I always say to the team, it's how we choose to show up in those moments yes. um, as opposed to like, pulling ourselves down because we made a couple of whoopsies yeah completely at the end of the day we make scented candles we haven't invented anything that's life-changing that they're going to use in like 
brain surgeries or anything like that. So you have to really bring it back yeah. to like <laughs> big candles, you know? So like I what's the worst it. you do? It, we miss an order. Okay. Well, we can share with them with kindness like that, you know, like it's, I think it's just being really uh, real about what you're producing as well. Yeah. A couple of the missteps, we've made a few. <laughs> um, I didn't know what forecasting was. I didn't know that that was a thing. Yeah. I didn't really understand the lens from a retailer's perspective, I'm yeah. like, well, we have like a really fun brand and I was like happy being creative, but retailers really need to be nurtured and it's really important to get your product offering correct for them. And I learned to really respect our wholesalers in a whole different level because they're choosing to spend their money with you and in such a competitive space, that is such an honor. So in the beginning, we probably were like, oh yeah, we've got a wholesaler, like that's fine. Or you'll get your order when we make it next week. Like, you know, yeah, that's fine. And then we realized actually, no, we've got an inventory problem. We have to uh, produce before we sell. We were in a made-to-order cycle and now we um, make-to-sell cycle, if that makes sense, that distinction. Yeah. And because you grew so quickly, I'm so inspired by how you've done this because it's not like scaling, scaling a product business where you make and manufacture the products. That is next level to me. Like I think scaling, you know, your services or scaling a course or scaling even a store where you sell other people's products. But when you are in charge of every single, like every single element, I think, oh, there are so many ways for things to go wrong. There are so many areas that you have to make decisions on. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in scaling that, that would just be such a big kind of undertaking and I love that you've already like articulated well working with retailers it's it's a different beast talk to us about you mentioned it really briefly but talk to us about the Maya opportunity for anyone listening who isn't from Australia Maya is is like kind of a big department store here um kind of (laughs) it is is. it is (laughs) and so Maya just reached out to you how did you yeah in that sense how did you go oh my gosh how are we going to fulfill this order because I know that in the background, you're like, we're, we're kind of making this work as we go. Yeah. yeah. So let's go back in time. We're working from our garage. It's just been renovated. So um, I've got like a, um, a bit of a creative space. Yeah. I am still working part time. I have a young baby, um, Grace, who is now five. I did the local markets where we probably made, I don't know, 50 to 60 candles uh, to produce. And I was working at a global company. I was part of the property team and I was privy to a lot of conversations around products. Okay. So let's just set the scene there. Yeah. Okay. So I get it. <laughs> I get an email and I think it's a scam. I ignore it. Then I keep getting multiple emails and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to catch this person out. And I call the contact and it turns out to be real. And I went into, okay. Let's just absorb the information. What do they want? What can we do? When's the end manufacture date? I have a legal background. I'm able to review my own contracts. Uh, I understand what the risks are by signing and I understand the penalties by not fulfilling. Because, you know, working with a big <laughs> retailer, yeah. there's, you know, you have to make sure you can fulfill. So I sat down, did a bit of a timeline. I was like, can I do this? Yes. It took me a month after work to pour their order. 
I was on Google. I had to learn about EDI connections. I had to learn about barcoding. There were so many different facets that I had to learn and components in fulfilling it. So I just took the opportunity and I sat down and thought, would I regret not giving it a go? Because the penalty isn't like I'm going to jail. The penalty is just you're probably a bit embarrassed and you lose some of the income. And I was like, okay, that's not too bad. Um, <laughs> I'll give it a go. <laughs> and I did it and I delivered it. And I still have the photo in my phone of everything. And I had my husband cheering me on. I had my neighbors cheering me on. And I had my mother-in-law cheering me on as well, who was obviously helping uh, with the kids at night time so I could get through everything. Wow. It's amazing. Such, Such a cool journey. And so what would you say to someone who wants to like feels creative and and wants to be creating products or maybe they have a business already and they are like I just I just don't have the confidence to put myself out there or to to quit my job or to take whatever the next step is for that next level what would you say to someone who feels like that right now well, nobody has the confidence. <laughs> yes. Um, but people are just willing to try uh, and they're motivated by that not knowing piece. Well, that's personally for me. So it's the courage to try. I always feel like there's always going to be fear holding you back. And I just refuse to give into that component. I would rather have the fear and go, well, got to give it a go anyway. And I'd rather know that I tried than sit in contemplation of what could have been Mm. because either way you're going to know um making a plan you know people i I didn't just quit my job and pursue this full time i went okay i've actually got enough legs to keep this to get to keep this going what do i actually need to do to give it a go and i made a plan and i you know i think it took me four months and i worked incredibly hard in all of my spare time and i focused all of my energy in that piece of setting myself up or putting myself in a position where I could comfortably uh, quit my job and, and, and go. I saved money for inventory. I saved money uh, for the warehouse. I think I tried to save three months of rent in advance. So that gave me three months of breathing space to generate income. And I also planned a household budget, worst case scenario. Um, and I just knew that I, I had to give it a go and creating a a reasonable plan and thinking about your life and moving on that piece, I feel like is the most sensible. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I did just (laughs) quit and then figure it out. I had a bit of something to fall back on. Yeah. And I loved what you said earlier about you'll always have your education. You'll always have your skill set in your day job. You can always go back to it, but this opportunity might not always be there. Correct. Um, yeah, 100%. Yeah. I'll flip burgers. I say to the team all the time, all right, well, sales are a bit quiet this month. Um, You know, like if I had to flip burgers to, to fund money for inventory or, or something else, there's so, you know, like you've always got something to fall back on. Mm. There's always job opportunity and it just, so it's not always smooth sailing. So you just have to get creative. And I, I always say, well, Boss Burgers is a local burger joint. You'll see me there uh, for yeah. burgers on a Saturday night, you know, to like fund the staff wages or whatever it yeah. might be. It yeah. doesn't get to that. But I'm, I'm, I am serious when I say like I want to achieve my goals and if I ever had to, you know, yeah. take another job to fund another bit of the project, then I'll do that. Yes. Yeah. 
I love it. I love it. So what I love about your journey too, Steffi, is that you're a mum, a mum of three. Mm-hmm. How do you, and, and like I know that you're super driven and you're really ambitious and you're a really hard worker. I know that you also are an epic mum. How do you kind of negotiate these two demanding kind of roles that you play? How do you negotiate that? How do you, and I use the word balance, but I don't know that it exists, but how do you kind of, uh, I guess, manage both of those things and and do both of those things in the way that you really want to want to be doing, being mum and being boss? Um, <laughs> so my life is hectic and it's wild and we absolutely have no balance in our life. Uh, we try and we do things to make our life easier. Yeah. Before we started recording the podcast, I said to you, it's if I am in boss mode, I wear that hat completely and that's what I give my energy and attention to. When I'm in mum mode, I wear that hat completely and that's what I give my time and energy into. So, you know, we are scrappy behind the scenes and we make plans to spend quality time. So for me, it's not like the quantity of time, it's the quality. When I'm there with my children, I'm hugging them, I'm doing puzzles with them, I'm on the floor, um, I'm reading them a book. So at the moment, I felt like we didn't have enough connecting time and Hazel is an avid reader and loves reading Roald Dahl and we're reading a Roald Dahl, you know, a couple of chapters a night to connect with the kids. And that quality time is what they really um, crave and also what I crave as well. I (laughs) find it very hard some weeks and I feel like I like get a little bit smug other weeks. I'm like, yeah, I've nailed it. It's fine, whatever. And then I'll like (laughs) crash and burn. I'm like, oh my God, yesterday I drove a day early to school um, because I was obviously keen to get (laughs) and I'm like completely like mucking it up so it's all about like just not sweating the small stuff and just being really honest and it is incredibly challenging at times but wherever you are and wherever you choose to be that's okay just be in that moment completely Um, and also fundamentally and this translates to the team and how we run the team as well it's family first yeah if my family needs me everything else can wait literally uh and our team as well if their family needs them if they've got sick kids literally go guilt-free and be that person because there's nothing nothing more hard than trying to be multiple people Mm. in one moment like that is enough to send anyone crazy and at times I do fall into that trap and that's when I go actually you have to be a mum or hang on a sec something's really going down at work we have really big obligations to fulfill we've made a mistake I need to to do that but it's planning your time as best as you can without being too rigid and and strict with yourself yeah yeah no I love that I love that one more thing I wanted to ask you is around the creativity piece and we I know we've already spoken a little bit about this but I think it kind of underpins your whole brand and I think it underpins a lot of your success in in Celia Loves when it comes to being creative, like what do you do to stay inspired and to stay like refreshed and to keep creating? How do you stay in that space? Um, and why do you think it's so important to continue to be creative in business? Mm-hmm. Um, well, if you're not creative, you're stale and no one eats stale bread. So you do have <laughs> to keep being creative. Yeah. Um, 
there's a lot of pressure on creation around at the moment uh, through all the different social channels competing at the moment. Ultimately, the consumer and the businesses are getting swept up and this is insane pressure. Maybe I'm just feeling this way to continuously produce, produce, mm. produce. Um, I love to exercise. Keeps my mind happy. I also have uh, clear goals on my days. So Monday is my admin day. Tuesday and Wednesday are my more creative days where it'll be like production planning, uh, problem solving when you're tapping into a whole different energy. So I, I, I have big headliners for my days yeah. uh, so I can completely immerse myself in that space. Um, don't ask me about numbers on a Wednesday because I'm planning social media, I'm planning a reel or I'm planning uh, a new concept because all of that thinking happens on a Monday. Yeah, love it. And sometimes a Thursday. So Tuesdays and Wednesdays are literally my most creative days. And I don't even put myself under pressure to continuously create, but I do love going for a walk, chatting to friends, listening to a new podcast, just having a great Pinterest scroll and just being okay with potentially not knowing or not being uh, productive creative, if that makes sense, producing in that moment. Just have a look, you know, go down your favorite street. Um, for me also, I love spending time with Daisy and I feel like she gets pulled around a lot. So sometimes for me, staying creative is actually just letting go of the brand for a day and enjoying my weekends, um, enjoying cooking. Um, you know, all of that sort of, all of that I think helps keep you going because if you constantly drain this creative side, you're ultimately going to run out. So it's just filling your cup so you can be propped up to keep going. Oh, that's such, such good advice. And I think you're so right. Like the, the consumption and the production of content, not even just content, but I think the drain of always having to think of something new, always having to create mm-hmm. something, whether it's a caption for an Instagram post or a video, or if it's a new product or a new service, there's always this, it can feel like, oh my gosh, I, I just am spinning my wheels trying to keep up. Mm-hmm. And I know I talk about this often, but there's this great quote that says, creatives need time to sit around and do nothing. Yeah, And I totally feel like when I know in myself, when I'm starting to feel a little bit fatigued or a little bit burnt out, it means that my creativity is the first thing to go. Mm-hmm. And it means that, uh, like, I, I feel like that's the telltale sign for me of yeah. like, okay, I need to go and sit at a cafe and I need to like jump in the ocean or I need to like go somewhere else and like change change up my scenery because it's really easy to get so overwhelmed by all the doing and the creating that you actually forget that it, it has to be, like you said, you have to be able to fill up your cup in order to fulfill your role as a business owner, which is creative. So I think that's such, such good advice that you've given. Um, Also, it's that pressure, uh, you know, running your own business and running a business at scale, you do have a lot of responsibilities. Mm. And as you've just rightly said, creativity is the first thing to go. But we're not machines, we're humans, and we should be working 24-7. So my cutoff, when my team's emailing, I see it's 7.30 at night. I'm like, whoa, boundaries. Yeah, <laughs> We all need to have them. It's actually nothing is so urgent. It needs to be emailed at 7.30 at night unless it's flexible working hours and they have something else on and they're, they're choosing to reshuffle hours 
that particular week, you know, it's okay to switch off. It's okay to invest in yourself. It's okay to have a hobby outside of your business. But it, I did definitely, I need to call myself out on this, fall into the trap of my brand being all-consuming. Mm. I don't work Sundays unless I have to, unless it's going to, you know, help for the week ahead. And connecting with other humans outside of your brand yeah. is important. Completely, yeah. completely. And I do think in, in working online, we can kind of lose that, hey? Like we can, mm-hmm. we can kind of forget that – and I'm an extrovert and so – and I work from home and so I'm kind of like <laughs> – sometimes I'm like, oh, man – I don't, my, my achiever brain is like, no, 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 people are going to distract you. Keep going, keep working and just keep doing the things. And then when, you know, even going to the huddle, it was like, oh my gosh, this is good for the soul. Like it's a big day, but you're like, man, like I felt, I left that so energized. And I think it's really important to know what what energizes you as well and absolutely yes yeah and and sometimes it can be the opposite of what you think like yeah sometimes you can think I need just 10 hours by myself and it's like no you don't (laughs) well for me (laughs) I'm like no you don't sister friend you need you need to go see your friends like I think we can get really caught up in I've got to scale I've got to succeed I've got to yeah and they're all really great objectives and great goals and also really important to deliver on those, especially when you have people that are dependent on you. Um, but I do think it's the thing that can help us to do that more effectively is often yep. space. And Nothing bad's going to happen by you taking time out. Yeah. Like really. Yeah. And if you can't take time out, um, even if it's just for a day to go see a friend or, you know, leave it all behind, literally leave it all behind or leave it at the front door, whatever it might be, there's a process issue mm, there. Yeah. You have to be able to set it up so you can yeah. have those moments yeah. away. Yeah. But again, I learned the hard way. I learned from burnout. I learned from feeling crazy and being all consumed. And I also come back to the foundations of why we started the business. I wanted flexibility and I wanted to offer that to people. And so actually it's okay if I swan in in and out sometimes or if I do have a couple of crazy days and then a couple of days off and we did a staycation recently. So, you know, whatever works for you, just make sure you you create space for yourself to be fully present in that moment. Yeah. Otherwise it's pointless. (laughs) I completely agree. Completely agree. Well, Steffi, I'd love for you to tell people, where can people connect with you? Where can people check out your amazing candles and follow you online? Well, I think the best place is Celia.loves on Instagram because you get a real um, sensory experience uh, of the brand. And you can also find us online at www.celialoves.com.au. But I say check us out on Instagram, connect with us, slide into my DMs, say hello, I love a bit of a chat, love helping people find um, the right scent for their mood or their space or whatever they want to, you know, feel. And also, if you follow me on Steffi at Silly Loves, you'll see a bit more of my motherhood journey. For example, arriving a day early for school. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, so did you show up on a Sunday? No. So school went back. It was school holidays. School went back um, today but I uh got my daughter ready for school yesterday oh. <laughs> drove her to school and I remember I was like 
wow, it's really easy to get a park. Oh, wow, they've got the, they've got the traffic under control today. And I was like, no, 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 school it has not started today. It's starting tomorrow. <laughs> Never mind. We're just, so, we're just early. Practice run, practice run. <laughs> super early, super organised. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Well, thank you so much for your time and thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. I am actually going to um, pull out a candle and, and put it on now, one of your glorious candles. Which one should I um, – what's your favourite? Which one should I burn? Um, I love pistachio and caramel because it's a little bit cozy and it feels uh, like a fluffy hug. You know those yes. when you're like that all-consuming, like you're a mum hug where it's just that you linger a little bit longer than you need to, but you just want to feel that love. I really get that. But if you want something that's a bit more um, uplifting and re-energizing or reinvigorating, I love the oak moss and lye, which is what I have on the desk at the moment. Mm, okay. Oh, options. Yeah. Okay. Lovely to chat. Thank, Thank you so you. much for having me. Thanks, Steffi. Thank it's you. been a pleasure. Well, there you have it. That is the play-by-play for this week. I hope that you found that inspiring and I hope that you found Steffi's uh, raw and unfiltered play-by-play of how she's grown her business to be inspiring, to be helpful. And, and yeah, I just love that she's really real. It's awesome. Now, if you want to check out Celia Loves and all that they do, head on over to our show notes and there'll be links in there so you can follow Steffi, you can check out the candles. And I'm telling you, I'm being very serious when I tell you, I have, we send these out to our clients when they sign up to the Next Level Club and I have a bunch in my cupboard right now and I'm going to pull one out and start burning it. I think I'm going to do the oak moss one that she mentioned. I think I'm going to do that. I will let you know how it goes. I know it's going to be amazing. One more thing I wanted to say. If you love today's episode, I've got two things I'd love for you to do. Number one, please share it with one business bestie, one of your business friends who needs some inspiration today. Send it, share it, message it, whatever you got to do. Carry a pigeon. I don't care. Send it their way. That would be amazing. Number two, if you really, really love this episode, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever people leave reviews. Leave us a review. That would be amazing. It's always nice to hear nice things and to know that you're loving our podcast. Alrighty, my friend, I hope that you have a wonderful week. I'll see you back here, same time, same place. But in the meantime, go get them.